0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and on today's episode, we are going to get a primer on how to architect epic Angular applications in less than 10 minutes. I know our show is an hour long, uh, so we'll have to figure out ways to discuss the other 50 minutes, but I'm I'm sure we got it covered. Let's uh let's say hi to our panelists and then we'll meet our guests and we'll get into the topic. Joining us today, we've got Alyssa with us. Alyssa, how's it going?
1: Hello, so glad to be here.
0: Glad to be back. Glad to have you. All right, Bonnie's with us. Bonnie, how's it going?
2: It's great. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. We're you know Justin's trying to get us all to be serious so we can go live, and Alyssa and I are uh, giggling over here, and our guest is just egging us on, and I think it's really going to be a a very fun show tonight i i just uh, have a feeling
0: for sure they're, they're all fun right so uh always excited all right our guest today is tamash tamash how's it going hi thank you very good thank you we are very excited to have you here and to help uh help us understand uh how to architect epic angular apps in a quick quickly right <laughs> we will try right we will
3: try we'll see for sure for sure Oh, would you like to uh, tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and what you got going on? Of course. So hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Thomas Tryan, and I am like a Google developer expert for Angular. Currently, I am living and working in a beautiful Switzerland as a contractor for like local enterprises. This comes also with some perks like being able to see like a lot of organizations and a lot of projects, which kind of gives you opportunity to like experience uh, different ways of people doing things and also gives you like this learning experience where you can then put all these things together and share with others so for me it's like a very good match let's say and yeah. you know, like besides that like i am active on uh, medium that means i have there a blog so if you are interested in angular topics feel free to check it out it's like all my accounts are basically like Thomas Tryan so at Thomas Tryan on whatever platform github medium Twitter so there is like a lot of angular and frontend related content but of course like the biggest focus is on angular which I'm been going together with like since version one one or something like this so it's my obviously my favorite technology
0: yeah awesome, awesome. That, uh, that leads me to think like the clients that you're working with now I do you still see a lot of Angular JS out there in play or do you see a lot of movement already to Angular?
3: So this is a very good question like my current client is a pretty big insurance company here in Switzerland and we have been in a uh, progress of migrating Angular JS code bases to and we are still actually in progress because it was a lot of code but I have to say like in like last year we made a lot of progress and now it's like most of the applications are at least hybrid and even I would say 60% are pure even. So slowly, slowly, it still takes some time and it has like issues, but it's it's happening.
0: I'd be interested to find out like, are the teams that you're working with, did they write that AngularJS code and now they're writing Angular code and have to, and and what is the differences in terms of, now they have to go and and relearn architecture patterns, right? These, These type of things as they
3: adapt to implementation within Angular scope, right? That's exactly correct. So mostly like those people were writing this AngularJS code and now they are kind of rewriting. And as you said, like, it's not actually like mechanical, like, okay, we have like this version like this and now it's like kind of the same. We just change a little bit of syntax. It's actually like, We have to change the way we approach this there are like different idioms different approaches now it's reactive and so on so of course this presents like a learning curve and like challenges but i I have to say like over time you can see like how people actually like really level up so they do the first one then you're like okay like let's let's have a look at this let's review more often and then like the second one "Ah, okay like this seems more reasonable and like like it builds up of course like with everything so yeah definitely and of course as much uh, as, as it gets like purer and purer many of the issues like with ng upgrade which just adds additional complexity like fallout so this is also very beneficial so i can give you like a concrete example uh for example like with angular 5 you didn't yet have like this provided in root syntax so because of that then we got these issues where you are like importing some modules which have services in lazy-loaded features, you would get additional instances of those services. And if you are dealing with something like a translation service, which has to be instantiated once to get like all the translations at once and not then like, miss them later on when you get a new instance, you get runtime bugs and stuff like this. So once you are pure and once you have like Angular 6+, these kind of things cannot happen anymore. So it gets better with time and with newer versions, newer features, and so on.
0: Yeah, one of the challenges I think that we face uh, is that there's several different ways to accomplish the same thing. And they'll work right and you can ship that code to production and it'll work so like the provided is a good example, right? Like you could have it provided in a, a specific ng module and have it only provided once and it behaves similar same way, right? But how do you pick and how do you identify maybe the most ideal way for your project in terms of an architecture standpoint that you're going for, to set you up not only for success currently, but for success as new features come in later, right?
3: That's a very good observation and that's exactly basically uh bridging us to the main topic which is like how to kind of figure out how to do these things in such a way which is kind of like in direction of optimal you can never say like 100 this is the best way okay this is not the goal but you try to approach the optimal solution which will give you most benefits and like provide like least amount of obstacles right so this is what we try to achieve and again you will never know for sure but if you've seen enough projects and like you've seen like different use cases then you can kind of like deduce from this like okay this seems to be working better and this seems to be working uh working less so with this particular example which you mentioned like it is possible to provide services in both like the providers fields of the module, but it's also pro- possible to provide services in this like standalone mode, which is like provided in root. And now even like since Angular 9, it's even possible to provide services like in the platform or even like any. So when they, of course, they have their own particular use cases. But if we now focus like on these base ones, so the root and the module itself, so on one hand, we can have a standalone service class which in its in, at injectable decorator has this provided in root on the other hand we can have a service which uh, just have at injectable without anything special and then it has to be included in the providers array of some module right so these are like these two basic options and now how can we know what we should choose so actually it turns out that there is a how do you say heuristic or something where you can actually make this decision and be quite confident about it so first uh, first question you should be asking yourself is is this service uh used by the whole application or like by many features or like in many routes is this service necessary from the start and if any of those uh uh questions have a yes answer then most likely you should go with provided in root and put this service in some like core module i mean not even in the module itself because it's provided in root but like in the core folder or like in the services folder in the root of your project because it will be used in many places it has to be available from start on the other hand if you have a feature specific service so for example you have a if you have a uh, i don't know like uh how do you say, like the uh, shopping basket feature, and maybe you want to calculate like the total or whatever it is, then probably this kind of service is has a very specific use case. So most likely it will be only used in that feature. And more so, usually we make this feature lazy loaded so that we improve like the startup time of our application, and uh, decrease the uh, bundle size of the application, initial bundle size and other things which we'll discuss later. So that means if we provided this service in a root, any other feature could import it easily and we would like to prevent that to enforce like a clean architecture, right? So in that case, it would be much more beneficial to instead of using provided in root, just provide this service into the provider's field of that feature module. So that's like one of the examples where you can ask your these questions, think about it and come with like a, like explicit answer which is based on something. So it's not just subjective preference. One can say that one is better than the other. So this is pretty useful. I hope. I always say I'm like,
2: <laughs> I've been right. doing uh, consulting also for a couple of years. And I always say I'm like Mary Poppins because I go from one, you know, one uh, company to another and I see the same things over and over and over and I see the same mistakes over and over and the same patterns over and over. And it does get to where you, I mean, to me, I think that's the essence of architecture is when you've seen the same things over and over and over and you can pick out you know, well, this is how we're going to do it, because I've come across this before. And uh, it's so nice to have it distilled down into uh, into something that, that people can learn from before they have all that experience. Because it's like you take all these years of experience and just distill it down into like a short presentation. It's super helpful.
3: Definitely. Definitely. And you have
2: an article that goes... So, okay, so I was reading this article uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was... Tool, Last right. month or something, and yeah. uh, and I really liked it. So I pinged you on Slack, and I was like, "Hey, come on to Angular Air and talk about this." And I love it. Uh, and I and I love the fact that there's an article too, because we can watch the video and then also refer back to the article. But we're not going to give you the link yet because you have to watch the show first <laughs> and then go uh, read the article. But there is an article, so you no, don't have to remember me. all this. No, no. Yeah, you got to watch the show first.
0: Nice, nice, yeah. Bonnie, our head of our marketing team here. <laughs> <We're on track laughs> because I don't want him to wait leave wait wait now to and wait go. Wait wait. 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 I'm just yeah.
2: kidding. I probably should. Uh, we'll we'll tweet it out, you guys. It's fine.
0: So one <laughs> of the things sure. that both of you touched on um, that I think is is interesting and important, right, is this mention of we may be building our own app, right? Let's say we're, we've got an app and all we have is the app and the, the modules that support it. And so we're scoped to that kind of thinking and, and architecture. Uh, but then at some other point, some, you know, uh, larger scale business or something like that may have their application broken out into libs and maybe have multiple applications. Right. And, and the need to reuse those libs. And so those different use cases and being, um, exposed to those different ones, as you both mentioned, in terms of being, uh, uh consultant and contractor to go and do those certain things, allows you to identify well, here's where this comes into play, right? And here's the things you need to think about. And, and Tomas, like you mentioned, like trying to understand where you might be going to help plan where you might want to do today. Um, having that experience and, and having come across those scenarios helps to make that decision from an architecture level, right? I think a yeah. lot of people and myself included get you, you dive in architecture, and you, you start thinking, well, how do I get these answers? Like, where do I even start? But I think a lot of that comes from exposure to different scenarios that allows you to then make that game plan right
3: it's very hard to like come to these things like without seeing it or trying it out and it just takes time and exposure because like it's a complex topic of course it has like many moving parts and then like okay you can try to code something at home but that's like one use case or something but then this is why it's beneficial like, to be in bigger organizations. It has its own disadvantages. Of course, they are like, slow and they have a lot of processes and so on and so on, of course. But on the other hand, they easily can have 50 to projects. And that way, you can really be exposed to a lot of different style. Like Some is very small. It's just like something which opens up when somebody clicks on email link to like, fill some form. OK. Some are like huge with a lot of flows, with complicated flows and huge forms. So that like, gets the whole spectrum that's true that's definitely true and i mean if as uh, if you like like try to learn these kind of things and like want to get more experience then i think like also in open source you can see some things even though that's more like on the level of the libraries but there is it's also like a very good uh, source of like uh, checking for example as you mentioned like how to do a library so that it's like easy to consume so for this is open source is amazing for example right now we are building like our internal component framework so, like this kind of like to design system to to make it look like company specific and using multiple projects and uh, it is in angular so we are uh, taking heavy inspiration from angular material because this is a library which is used by tens of thousands or even i don't know hundreds of thousands of people it's out for many years they already have been thinking for that in combined like million hours so of course we take inspiration from that so there is like a lot of sources you can use which are out there which you can get inspiration and see like okay this is how they solve this thing and this is why they solved it like this because it's it's fixing some like use case right yeah so you you mentioned uh some
0: strategies around services right um what what else can we do in terms of intent? Yeah.
3: (laughs) right right so i mean let's let's start like from the from the total route so we have like application right we have up angular application and what would be like the most straightforward approach like if we were not thinking about architecture at all we just want to get our app uh, up, up and running, right? So this is also valid. We have to get something quickly. It's pretty small. So what would be like this most uh, straightforward way to get this is that we will have one module. We will have app module because that's which every application starts with when we generate it with Angular CLI with Ng New. We have app module. We have app component, and then as it grows, we would just keep implementing all these new components and services in our app module, so everything will be there if we will be using like some third party dependency we will also import it in our app module so that means if you use like angular material or whatever else ngrx for the state management some oalf whatever that is we would just have this one module and it will import everything and it will declare everything and this will be it and it will work right it will work Our application will build, our application will run, but (laughs) as it grows, of course, the bundle size will get a bit out of hand. Our startup time will be much slower. There will be a lot of more data uh, traveling through the network, even though maybe user just wants to access only a part of this application. Plus, what not many people think about is as we develop this application, because it's just one bundle, whenever we make a change, the build process has to rebuild everything though if it's like three mega five mega it has to rebuild this bundle every time we change one character or add the space somewhere in some file it has to rebuild this whole thing so and this takes considerable amount of time as the application grows right so this would be like this most straightforward approach and it can actually be the solution for very small applications because okay you are giving up the bundle size you are maybe giving up a bit of built time performance but what you are gaining is simplicity like you don't have to think about anything it's just all there it's all available so it's a trade-off right but of course as our applications grow and not many applications that are really tiny with three components. Usually we have some routes, we have some menus, we have uh, services, we do backend requests, uh, we show images, we have lists and forms and all these things. Kind of- Hey yeah, can you, uh,
2: can you share your screen and sh- there's a there's a, a, a diagram in the middle of your article that you did that's really what jumped out at me that I really liked it a lot and it sure. goes along with what you're saying and I think yeah. if you share it right now and then let us look at it, then all we right. can see it and I think it's such a good illustration of what you're talking about right now
3: okay definitely i spent
2: a lot of time with my daughter and she's very visual so i know that we have to have something to look at
3: (laughs) so and i really (laughs) like
2: that uh you know what i'm talking about right
3: yeah yeah i think yeah i think it's this one right yes okay so the the screen was shared right okay so as we said like we could have just get by do you see also my mouse or not yeah we see
1: your mouse
3: so yeah cool so we could just get by just like with the app module right but like in real applications as they grow bigger and they have like a lot of a lot of uh, functionality and components basically what we want is a bit more like granular architecture so let's look at this picture so we start with the application we have application that's all what we have and like this first best distinction we can make is what is the eager part of application and what is the lazy part so the eager part of application is something which we need straight from the start so this can be like some services which uh, take care of authentication to retrieve the user if we are logged in or something like this also the eager part takes care of stuff like basic layout so maybe we show the header maybe we show the footer some basic menu or navigation and stuff like this and those are all the things which have to be available from application startup that means they also have to be present in the main bundle so to achieve that we usually implement this kind of code in app module and in core module so that's just like a, how do you say like uh convention you can call it how you want you can call it eager module you can call it initial module but i think community usually goes with the name core right so this is the one part of application it has to be available from start and then there is this other part of application which doesn't need to be available from start but it's usually displayed and used as a as a consequence of a user routing to some route, so clicking on some menu item or doing some some interaction with the application. And Angular makes this very easy for us because now since version eight, I think, when we want to implement such architecture and let's say we want to generate these lazy modules with its own components and, and services, we can just say like ng generate module and then minus minus route. And this is called like feature A, so we can say like, minus minus route a and uh, it will generate this module with the initial component and not only that it will also set up its lazy loading in the main app routing module for us without need to do anything so that's like a very cool thing about angular because i don't have a very good memory for this kind of things like how do i exactly type this so i actually don't type these things i usually generate most of it and this is why the article is called like how to scaffold in like in 10 minutes because i'm actually not typing these things you can generate them with couple of commands yeah so that being said as we said as it grows then basically what we want to do is to put stuff in these lazy features and not in the initial stuff not in the eager part not in the core module so and the benefits of that is as we said in the beginning if everything was in the app module that would mean that this main bundle is huge and the rebuilds take a long time but if we have multiple lazy loaded modules each of them will get its own bundle bundle means like a file in which it is built and that also means that if we are changing component in the lazy feature a only that bundle will be rebuilt which is much smaller than the total of the whole application right so the the rebuild time will go uh locked down it will be much faster and that's not only the only thing because then of course um because those things are isolated and lazy loaded that means because we just did this lazy loading it gives us some guarantees which are very nice to work with so for example uh, if if everything was important in app module you could uh, use services from feature b and feature a and component from feature a and feature c and that way if you change that component you have to be worried am i breaking feature c am i breaking feature b because in theory they can be using it but if it's lazy loaded and you would try to use component from feature a and feature b it would lead to runtime errors basically because it is very well possible that uh, feature a was already loaded because we navigated to it but the bundle for feature b was not yet loaded so this is kind of cool and it leads to build time and runtime errors which enforce clean separation between those features and their modules which basically simplifies and um, way you can think about your application because you don't have to think about the whole thing but you can just really zoom in onto one particular part and you have these guarantees that you are not breaking or influencing anything else and this is like a huge huge benefit and i don't think like many people are aware now we have this nice mosaic the infinity mosaic <laughs> right so yeah I think we should like uh, stay a bit with this topic because again like most people are aware about like the smaller bundle size and like initial faster initial load which is nice but there is much more to it and people like are usually when I spoke like with many of those teammates they're like they were not aware of these things and they are even like I would say bigger benefits than like you get like loaded in 100 milliseconds faster what do you, you think
0: point there too uh where you thinking about um, the use cases for the code that we write and we build, right? And the the ideal, like, where are we building it for? When you talk about this component in feature A, the intent was that it's used for feature A, right? But without this additional architecture planning and and thought process, it's certainly viable that somebody could come along, especially if you have a team of multiple people, and use it in feature B, not knowing that the intent was that it's only for feature A, right? So how do you, from an architecture standpoint, kind of control that and guide that in, in terms of the code. same thing with the services right you you write a service like you mentioned before and the intent of this service is just to manage a cart um, it's not to be used outside and so how do you control that usage of it to help guide developers that come on your team to to use it in the
3: ideal way that you you plan to create them yeah that's exactly correct and that's like this biggest one of the biggest benefits of this lazy loading of those modules is that you get this for free because if you just try to use it somewhere else it will just fail which is amazing because you you don't have to like implement special checks for it or anything like this like some code analysis i know like maybe you heard about like the enix from narwhal which is like a way like how to do like workspaces for monorepo and they had to implement this because they have like many libraries and then how do you scope like who can import who So they had to implement this as a feature of their tool but now here we get this kind of for free just by the virtue of that that the code is not there so it would just fail so this is pretty pretty nice property yeah so and what you said there is like because this happens pretty often that like there is something there is a component or service and then somebody comes and they are thinking okay i would actually like to use it somewhere else and i would like to reuse this and this is actually a very valid point and this is something which uh, we have to think about like when we develop this kind of application that okay we think this today but tomorrow this can change so how does this match this kind of architecture how can we deal with this situation is that usually when we have let's say two siblings feature two sibling features and suddenly we realize that something feature a specific we want in a feature b we just pull it one level up and what does the one level up mean is um if you remember in that picture we have this like shared module next to the features. this is a module which uh, provides us with the components which we want to use in many of those uh, of those features. so we can promote we can say like we can promote this feature a component to be a shared component and that way it's still clean architecture and um it's available.
1: So there's like three options then the the provided in root and then like the lazy loaded only per like each feature module and then there's like a third shared module option
3: yes so so this for root is more like for services but you can say like there are like these core components which are eagerly loaded so like we can put comp like if we speak about the components because service is a bit different but we can then move back to that so if we just speak about the components pipes and directives which are the things which have to do with the template so they are like the declarables because they go to the declaration array. Then we have three options, as you said. If we need them from start, we can declare them or import them in app or core module as you like. If they are only lazy feature specific, we can put it into that lazy feature. And if we want to reuse it across multiple lazy features, we can put it in a share module. And then the shared module in turn is imported with by the multiple of those or all of those lazy features now here is maybe a good uh, place to ask ourselves like if this is like optimal and it's not it's not optimal it will not lead to the smallest possible bundle size because the shared module will most likely have more things that so not like every lazy feature will use everything from the shared module but this is this kind of like a trade-off where we can uh, basically try to optimize two things at the same time so one is developer experience we don't want to manage like a huge list of imports in every module and in every test for the components but on the other hand we also want to have like a reasonable size of the bundles and the way i experienced it in standard applications you can have some very special case where this will not be true but in like reasonable applications or like some standard applications for CRUDs and forms and stuff like this seems to be the case that the share module makes sense this is also powered by the amazing tooling provided by the angular cli which not only like includes stuff properly in these lazy features but it kind of even tries to extract like some how do you say like common chunks between the features so if you have three lazy features and a shared module you may may end up like with even six bundles because the angular cli tries to do some additional optimizations to create like some virtual pre-bundles for the stuff which is shared so this is even better actually right so so like this but then what about if the application gets like even bigger so we don't just have like a sibling lazy lazy features but what if like some feature gets like really big and then we have actually like a sub lazy features which works pretty well because you can nest it as much as you like right so it's like kind of like fractal structure so you can nest it as much as you like so like a feature a Lazy feature A can have lazy sub feature A one and A two and A three, right? So what 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 do we do there with the shared module? So yeah, okay. you can use yeah. Before you get into that complexity, I, I just want to call
0: out one more point um, that you made that that's I think super important. You mentioned the developer experience, and I think that's another uh, aspect that comes into architecture design and planning. Right, is not just the code that we ship and how it performs, but also the ability to maintain it. Um, and curate it over time, right? And so that's another mark that we try and hit when we talk about architecture, uh, just like you, you brought up uh, of how do we make, also hit that point of making that experience something that, that developers will be able to understand the structure of our app, uh, get in there and work with code and get back to the code that they haven't worked on for three months, but be able to ramp up and understand
3: things just from looking at it. All those things come into play as well in terms of architecture planning exactly so that was like yeah that's a very important thing because if you just try to optimize like bundle size you would end up with like uh precise but a very long list of imports which are very hard to maintain and understand and not only that but like in angular when we test a component we are using a test bed and in the test bed we usually have to provide all the things which this component is using right so if you have like some bigger component which like is this main container component for the page or something like this which uses a lot of components we would have to import lots of things in that test so and basically in many component tests we would have like a crazy list it's very easy for those lists to get out of sync maybe you stop using some component that you have that dead import and stuff like this so this gets very messy very fast so that's another Huge benefit of using like some shared modules, which kind of uh, aggregate these things, which are most commonly used. So then, like instead of 50 imports, you have four. So probably it's like a shared module, and then like router testing module, and something very specific. So this is this is a very very beneficial thing. Definitely. Oh, thank thank you. Sorry. Okay. Now complexity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because you were talking about it getting nested yeah and then what what is your shared no please stop do?
3: me because i you know like i'm passionate about <laughs> these things but we have to go in such a pace that uh, it makes sense definitely um so as we said if the some usually it is enough like if we have like one level of this lazy loading so we have like multiple routes they are sibling routes next to each other and they are lazy and if they have even 10 components in them that's all right we don't have to like go crazy on the granularity and like every component is lazy loaded. that's that's not beneficial and again would be a bad developer experience because it has its own overhead right so we don't go crazy but sometimes maybe some feature get like really big and then it would be beneficial to maybe split it up a bit to again get these benefits which we discussed previously like isolation faster build times stuff like this right so in in that case The way it works in angular is whenever we use routing we can lazy load so basically we can have also sub routes. so we have like some top main menu with some items and then maybe one of those routes has also a side menu or some sub items so we can lazy load modules for those sub routes and sub items so and what we wanted to say there is like okay what does this mean in relations to this main share module right because this has a lot of things in it and we may or may not use it and as we said like when we want to share components between two lazy features we pull it up in a shared module right so what what happens if we want to share components between like uh, sub routes we can create like a feature shared module something like this so we have this main shared module which goes to feature a b c and feature a has like uh sub routes which is like a1 and a2 and maybe there are some components which we want to share just between those two routes so we can create a feature a shared module basically so we kind of repeat the same structure over and over again as we get deeper but hopefully we don't get too deep because then it's too huge but yeah so the yeah the, the main point here is that this can be repeated so it's it's and the good thing about it is it's exactly the same so once you learn it on the top level you can apply the exactly the same principles and approaches on nested levels so that's kind of nice and this is like one of the good things about the angular and all this structure that it provides is that once you learn it you can just keep like repeating it over and over again and it just makes sense
0: it's basically turtles all the way down
3: <laughs> yes <laughs> right yeah So,
0: what else? I I have a question then about um, please thinking in terms like, does it come into play uh, for us as developers or whoever's creating this architecture, right? When we think about the customer use case or the user use case and how they're using our app, like, how soon should we start bringing that into play in terms of making decisions about what we lazy load? So, like, you mentioned feature A, and feature A has three different. Subsections that you could go to. If we understand that, like most of our users are only going to go to one of the three, um, is that a clear cut thing that we say right off the bat? We know we're going to make all those lazy
3: loaded because there's a chance they may never even visit
0: them. Like how often? How soon should we start bringing that into our our thought process?
3: I see. So that's like a very good example which you put there. So if you already understand like the user flow very well. And you know that this is like a specific use case which only some subset of users will need and the other ones so that's like a very strong signal for us to do the lazy loading on the other hand i would say like today with angular 8 plus it is so extremely cheap to do lazy loading in angular basically running one command uh that uh, i usually start with lazy loading like whenever i have a navigation whenever i do the routing I do the lazy loading because there is like almost zero penalty to it so So it's like
1: no matter how small the app you just go ahead and do
3: it it has navigation because some applications don't have navigation but if you have a navigation and if navigation makes sense for your app so just don't try to introduce navigation just to do lazy loading because i have seen that too (laughs) so don't do that but if your application has like a real navigation with some real menu or like some real steps or some real flow then I don't see any reason not to use it on the top level routes. Because let's say you have five routes, and then of course, when you come to application, you have to show at least one, right? So you, there is some default view, it's welcome page, is home, it's whatever, is the dashboard. But yeah, then okay, so you just load that one initially together with all the other JavaScript files which are loading anyway. So there is like almost zero penalty to that. But the good thing about this is, if you are starting on some other route, You only get that one and not this initial one because i've seen people saying like okay this is the dashboard this can be like eagerly loaded from start because it's like the default route or something but it's there is almost like no penalty to actually make it lazy too so why not and it kind of simplifies in that way that then all the features are the same they are all like lazy loaded so it's always like the same approach so that way the eager part is on like this main layout and like authentication and like some navigation and stuff like this I would say so we just had a question in the YouTube chat that was I was about to ask the same question.
0: So they, they asked it too. Uh what about like a preloading strategy right in terms right. of saying you still create your, your features as separate segments that you could either lazy load, but you could also do a preloading strategy where you say it's not blocking the first part, but yet we're, we know they're going to get to it. So let's make it happen in the background.
3: Definitely. That's a very good point. Uh, so Angular actually has like a built-in mechanism for that like i think you have to like implement like some interface and some tokens so and provide it like in with, into the dependency injection with some token so you can either use preloading strategies provided out of the box or you can even implement your own custom preloading strategy so if we speak about those like provided out of the box i think there is just like preload all or something like this if i remember correctly which uh, should basically trigger loading of those bundles if the if the thread is idle or something like this I think I tried to use in my like personal website which is also built angular and my experience was that it was kind of slowing it down in some way I at least that was like my subjective impression maybe in that particular architecture so probably I would go with like something custom which waits a little bit longer in the beginning because maybe then the thread is like free for 10 milliseconds okay let's load everything like (laughs) 20 routes no problem but you are actually try to loading like some some data through the rest and like for example chrome will only let six requests at the time and then suddenly you have like a problem as far as i understand so probably like something custom and here we can even mention something which i like seen before which is from Minko Genkhe, or how do you pronounce it properly, which is called like Guess.js or something like this, which you can integrate if you have like a public app, which it's on the internet, or if you're like using Google Analytics, let's say, you can basically export the data from Google Analytics to see the real-life behavior of your users. And based on that, there is like some module which can uh, process this data and uh, get you like the preloading strategy based on that. So it will yeah it's it's basically depending on the real life behavior of users which can change over time and this this is how your preloading strategy will also evolve just to preload the most likely bundle where user used to navigate so there are many ways and from very simple one okay let's get everything now to like okay let's do machine learning of the user behavior on the google analytics and get the best possible preloading strategy ever so we have, but that's the cool thing you have the options right you have the options for, for what you need I gotta say I'm really
0: excited because here's another great example that we can use to, to kind of drive home this concept right um, By taking this approach to breaking up our modules into features, we've from that architecture allowed all these possibilities allowed lazy loading allowed pre-loading strategy. if we were to architect just one ng module we would be locked out of that potential right So maybe that's- we're not using it right now. But because of that architecture strategy we put in place now for the separate ones, we've unlocked the ability to um, get to that with less effort in the future when we need to do that. And that's one of those
3: keys to like making those decisions early on, right? That's a, that's a very good point. Like it's always great to do things which are kind of like uh, cheap to do in terms of time because we are supported by the tooling so okay i run one command and i have a lazy module i didn't have to do anything basically and it gives me like options down the down the road so that's like whenever you can get a lot for a little why wouldn't you why wouldn't you right it's it's really it's really like this and who knows, like in the future, what kind of features are coming like in the Angular world now when the IV is finished, so the team can focus on other things like for improvements and actually shipping new features, who knows what kind of optimizations will be unlocked. So if you just like start doing it like in the right way from the start, who knows, right-ish. See, <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned uh, earlier like Angular Material
0: and looking at that as an example, right? And I know, and I haven't looked at it recently, but I know there was a point at which uh, they would have individual components have their own ng modules, so the the fact that you could pick and choose what components, you don't get a module with 15 components, you could granular get it down to just what you need. Um, is that strategy still in play? And how does that come into play in terms of like, should we be thinking about from an architecture standpoint
3: doing something similar? This is a very good question. So, and it plays very well to what we have been discussing. So, Angular Material still exposes or provides its component as a standalone modules. That means you have to import that module which has this component. For example, if you want to use Material Button, you have to import Material Button module in every module in which you have components which want to use that button. So, let's let's repeat that. If I have a feature A. in feature a i have a feature a component and in that component template i would like to use a material button that material button has to be part of that module because it's kind of like a context for that its own component that means i have to import a material button module in a feature module but here comes this distinction that like okay that's the one option i import it directly the other option is to import it in a shared module plus also export it and only import the shared module in the feature a so and this is this trade off which we mentioned before that we don't want to maintain like these very large list of imports so yeah the first like the the smallest bundle size would be if we had the explicit list of material module imports in every feature this would lead to smallest bundle so if i use only button there will be only button and if i use only input there will be only input but this is very rarely the case because if in multiple features i have forms then probably i need the inputs selects buttons forms form fields in all of them so probably it's better so it is better developer experience to only import shared module than all of them and we are not losing that much of like a bundle size optimization because most of them use most of those things but what about something like uh, let's say we use angular material and there is like this navigation and like this this view container or whatever it's called right so like this for this main layout so those are the things which are actually not really used in lazy features that's something which gives you like this main layout with the sidebar which is like then hidden when it's like on the small screen and so on and so on so where would you import that right so probably not in the shared module because this is for the lazy feature. So that's a great example of something which would be imported in a core or app module because it's needed from start. It shows this main layout. And also uh, it's used only there actually. It's only used to display the main layout. So it's most likely in a app component template. So that was a very, very good example. So to recapitulate the components which we use often and in many lazy features like button, uh, form field, input, select, and stuff like this, we should most likely import in a shared module, which is then import in the lazy features. And then the specific stuff like this view container and side now and stuff like this, which is used only rarely, and is only needed for this main layout, we should import, let's say, in app module or in our core module. Now, the third possibility would be something heavy, like material table, which is pretty large, has a lot of directives, lots of components and something like this if we only use it in one feature it's still worth it to only import in that one feature instead of the share module right again it will not hurt you so much to put it in shared but that's something which you could consider as optimization if you only need it in one right so i think that was like a very very good real-life example of that thank you for that and this will also be the case if you are like in your own organization which is like some component uh library hopefully is tree shakable then you can basically follow exactly the the same guidelines right
0: yeah, and it's having that ability to compose together what you need right uh, so the small enough chunks allows us as developers for our particular instance to put together that grouping that fits for our thing rather than taking all of that yeah for sure so I've got another question for you in terms of experience with working with these different teams and, and larger enterprise applications and things like that. Um, there's definitely, this, I think, this period where uh, applications can benefit from some time thrown at it for architecture, even with like new features coming in. You say you got a request from the product owners for feature new features Z coming in. Um, how how do you see teams like do they let's say they're doing like a, a scrum or, or agile or something like that do they work in and say okay first we're going to do this level of work which is just architecture design and planning and then we move to the implementation or do you see a lot of times that the the architecture is done at the same time the implementation is done right and and the potential pitfalls or challenges with that so
3: i would say like at least what i seen of course this is not uh, universal uh people just like do <laughs> they just like do and then there are like this uh, couple of exceptions which are like okay wait a second wait a second like let's take a step back let's maybe write some simple diagram with some boxes on the paper but i would and even me actually sometimes i'm like hey okay let's just do but then like hey 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 wait a second wait a second <laughs> so actually this even happened today I told you, like, maybe that we are like developing like this uh, new component framework with my colleague, Kevin. And uh I was like, okay, let's do a split button. Let's just do it. And then, like, wait a second. Like, how do we do like this wrapper form field around it? How about the validation? How about the translations for the validation? How about like we actually have to have an info message? And then it turned out into like uh two hour remote call with like pseudo code in an editor where we are just like, trying to document all the possible cases until we got something which actually can cover it. But it almost happened that like, okay, I have a split button. Yeah, great. But like, how do we integrate it with the rest of the stuff? So it's very easy to forget about this. It's very easy, (laughs) but it's a very good point. Yeah, I think especially because we talk about
0: having these schematics and things that make it real easy for us to create a new module or new component, right? But then did we create that in the right spot? And right, and then like, if we need to move that, like, what's what do we need to go through to do that, right? And especially when we start using it and kind of coupling ourselves to it, then the move of that the restructure of that becomes a little more painful, a little more time consuming and effort, right? So can you do that work up front, you know, so that you know, this is where I want this thing to land, right? And I I got an understanding or this, these are the components I need to move into that share because this is how I thought about it as a whole versus just diving right in and implementing it and then Moving things around afterwards right which
3: can be challenging it's it's like this saying no like you should measure twice and like once cut or something so maybe you should sketch twice and one generator or something <laughs> <like that. laughs> for the modern age because it's just so easy to generate stuff like once you get used to schematics you can have like uh, five modules and ten components and three services like in 50 seconds like it's crazy but yeah, maybe maybe the paper and the pen or whatever, whiteboard, whatever you like, maybe it's, it is the way.
2: I would say uh, after years of consulting, the one thing that's the most expensive, tedious time consuming to fix and such a common mistake is when people start building and the app grows and grows and grows and they just keep putting all of the code into one module and you can't tree shake anything and you can't lazy load anything. And then they wanna go back later and add tree shaking and lazy loading and it's really everything is now all in one module and everything depends on everything else and everything imports everything else and it's a mess and it's very difficult to go back later and take that all after you've built it all uh, it's really a pain and it's expensive. So if you really keep it all to all these different modules, and that's what I was saying in the chat, the chat is going crazy. They're asking me all kinds of questions. I'm trying to answer them all, and they're really good questions. Um, but the I always say uh, Angular Material is a beautiful example of the right way to do tree shaking. And, and even sometimes I, I'm i not sure how, you know, and provided in root or how this is supposed to be done. And I always just go straight to the GitHub for Angular Material and look at how they're importing everything and how they're handling everything. Because this is the beauty of it is you put, you have this whole Angular Material, right? Um, and you only take what you need. And the way that they've structured it is just very, very simple. Uh, so if you do yours like that, then you know you have all these different modules and you can share you can take things from shared but you're not taking the whole entire shared module you know, you're you're just tree shaking what you need out of there, and it's very important to do that right because if you have everything in one big massive module, then you can't use anything out of that module unless you take all of it, and that's exactly what you want to avoid, and that's why you want to do tree shaking. So if you're not sure exactly about the syntax, because I don't memorize everything, right? I have to go look stuff stuff up all the time. Um, but but Angular material, like I said, is such a good uh, resource for that.
3: Uh, that's exactly right, and what Bonnie said there is like it even gets like deeper because we are speaking like about the application but once we add the libraries to that mix so if you have like a big organization and library it's even more important to do this right because if like multiple applications in your organization is using the library then it's like a much uh, higher possibility of introducing problem for many people so you really want to make sure to make this right and we had like a lot of real-life experiences of this when it was not right and maybe we can say about this a little bit that uh, okay so first of all uh since angular 6 so it's already quite some time we have this provided in root which is amazing because since that point of time whenever we have a library we can put all the services provided in root and never put them in any module in that library and it will just work so this is already magical and it's really it will just work it's how it's supposed to be so this is amazing so that means if we have a library the only time we need components is to uh, make available for the for the consumers for the other developers the components pipes and directives which are like the declarations which have to do which deal with the template and there we have to take uh, as bonnie said like the inspiration from the angular material well we don't have to what we, we can and we should <laughs> that um it's a good practice to really chunk it like one by one or like really things which belong together so if we have like some special card component which has a card title and card content and card avatar and card picture and whatever this should be like one module right but probably the button doesn't belong there so it's it's like this so it's not like if we have like you know if we have a card and we want to use like my organization card i would not like to import five modules just to do that so like uh, but uh, so all these five components which belong to car they should come together but if you have like different things it's good to chunk it into into sub module and this is something which again is made very easy for us with the angular which is again amazing because angular uses this thing called ng-packager and uh, this is like a part of the build process for the libraries and basically it enables us to create like this sub modules and sub chunks in library just by introducing in a folder like public api ts and package json file and everything will be automated you just got like a standalone chunk in your library so that's again it's very amazing it's like one page of documentation but literally you have to create two files in a folder and suddenly you can just import from your library only one module and nothing else and this is pretty amazing so it's like this recurring topic in an angular world that they really make it easy for you to do the right thing. For sure, for sure. All right, well, we're at the top of the hour, so
0: I guess we need to wrap it up. Um, before we get in, we'll do some pics here in a second, but before we get in, any last comments on anything? I uh, wanna know in terms of architecture or I think we got it. Uh, Bonnie oh, was- sorry, we had one
2: last question in the chat because somebody was asking, uh, uh, Tomas, you, sh- you mentioned your website, that you had some code on a website, and they want to know where they can find it. You can't just tease it like that and not tell us where your website is.
3: Oh, Tomas, I think you're muted now thank know. you thank <laughs> you yeah. yeah yeah right so uh, i think it's public on github i have to check but like it's basic like as you see like my name here on the screen like thomas Tryon.com. and maybe it's i will check and i can then add it maybe like to description of the video or something so i mean it it it, it can be public because i mean it's a public website and if you find a bugs or fixed typos i'm just happy eh? <laughs> and besides that it uh it's just basic a website where I say what I do and like stuff like this so it's just like presentation website for me but it's built with angular it does server-side rendering for the SEO or how do you pronounce it so because it's like marketing and it also has a lot of lazy loaded features and I know there is a bug like with the rendering when the whole content jumps a bit but whatever <laughs> anyway so okay I will provide the link I will provide the link Perfect. Yeah, and you can tweet it at us, and we'll
0: retweet it, and we'll get it out there. Make sure everybody has it and stuff. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, let's do a couple picks, and then we'll we'll call it a day. Uh, I didn't check with our panels. Any of our panelists have any picks today? Bonnie does. All right, Bonnie, go ahead. Uh,
2: I have two picks, but they're really quick. Um, one, I have to pick, uh, or I, I know I've done this before, but we had a really great uh, group in the chat tonight, and they were asking me a lot of questions. And it might not seem like I was paying attention to Thomas, but I was. But I was trying to keep up with all the questions in the chat. And there were some very good questions. So uh, kudos to all of you. Uh, I really like the questions in the chat. And my second pick is uh, a website that I just saw today. It's called Stay the F Home, except it's not, I'm not gonna say, you know, the whole thing on regular air, but really uh, Florian uh, Reifschneider, who uh, I think is uh, uh, NG Frankfurt. Shout out to Florian at NG Frankfurt, uh, because I really love this website and I think that you guys should go check it out. The whole, I don't wanna get into coronavirus, we don't have time right now, but go look at that website. I think it's really valuable right now.
3: Stay safe.
1: Yeah that was one of my two picks was just stay healthy everybody i had two flus uh two different versions of the flu back to back these last two weeks topped off by an ear infection so uh, it was the flu twice in a row i hope you're i hope you're okay (laughs) well there are three things that
2: they say uh and it's not you know, it's not to be like uh, freaking out or anything, but just common sense, uh, the three things, wash your hands, don't touch your face, and avoid social gatherings. So mm-hmm. if we all do those things just for, you know, a couple weeks, then it's gonna die out and then we'll get back to normal very yes. quickly, hopefully.
1: Yeah, my pick was stay healthy, everybody, please take care of yourself. And I have an old uh, article, but it was updated for the latest version of Angular. And I was like nerding out showing my husband and he's like, yeah, like this is kind of old news. I don't know why you're so excited about it. So like if if you're in that camp, you can stay on that side. But it's uh, by Corey Ryland called Angular Multiple HTTP Requests with RxJS. And I was actually struggling with like how to chain things and make it clean. And I just, I don't know, I really like this article. So I'll tweet the link out and put it in the chat.
2: I love Corey Ryland. I I think that we should have him come on and talk about that because I really miss Corey Ryland. I haven't talked to him in forever and he, I love Corey Ryland.
1: I was like, look, Zach, look, you can do like this call inside of that one and you're using both pieces of data. And he's like, this is like as old as time. And I'm like, I don't, just, you're done.
2: <laughs> I love him. I love the chat. Uh, Fergus said one flew over the nickel's nest. I love it. And uh, Guadadev, I don't know how to say that, Guadadev, Guadadev's pick is Angular uh, NGRX material starter by Tomas Trehan.
0: Well, well, let's just
3: transition then into Tomas's picks, because I think he was going to pick that, right? okay so the one which bonnie mentioned with somebody from chat thank you for the shout out so there is like this angular ngrx material starter project on github like at thomas Tryon, and you can find it there so this was created like at version five like long time ago and it's still being kept up to date so currently it's version nine with ngrx9 and it basically shows you how to use also this architecture how to use ngrx how to use custom material themes many many things many many goodies so i seen people like taking it and building like applications on top of that it also has like angular animation so you can really take an inspiration and like build your own stuff stuff on top of that so thank you for the shout out from the chat uh besides that i would like to pick um in Angular 9, now we have this provided in platforms, so not just in the root, but in platform. And this is a very epic feature because it enables us to share services between multiple applications on a single page, Angular applications, and why would you need that with Angular elements, right? So you have now a way to share like some core services like logging and interceptors and stuff like this between multiple Angular applications on a single page, which means you have a main application which can consume elements and like the infrastructure you can now share easily and speaking about that i would like last thing i would like to mention is check out my library called angular minus extension slash elements which is basically a library which enables you to uh, lazy load and consume web comp- angular elements or any other web components or so build with stencil polymer whatever if it's a web component it enables you to consume web components in your angular applications in a very nice way so first of all is lazy loaded it's very granular so it will only load when you render it so that means if it's behind the ngif it doesn't load until you show it and um, it also supports you to use standard Angular template binding. So you can literally do like these square brackets or like uh, round brackets for clicks or whatever it is on those lazy loaded web components the same way as you would do on standard Angular components. So I highly recommend to check it out together. Like now it's even like the best combo with this provided in platform.
0: Very cool, very cool. Definitely need to check that out. All right, we'll include that link as well. We'll tweet that out. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Hey, Tamash, thank you so much for sharing your time and, and sharing your expertise on this topic. We really appreciate you coming on the
3: show and, and informing us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. It was an amazing host. Also like a lot of fun. So hope uh, to do this sometimes again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll pick another topic and we'll have you back on for sure.
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. Thanks again. That's a wrap. Everyone have a good one and we will catch you next time.